In the name of Jesus, amen. So far this Holy Week, you've seen the events that have transpired in the last week of Christ's life. You've seen how those who believed in him along with their children laid palm branches before him. And you yourself joined your voice with theirs as you sang Hosanna to his name. And you also saw him give his body and his blood to his disciples to eat and to drink. You saw him pray. You saw him sweat drops of blood and agony. And you saw him be betrayed and handed over into the hands of sinful men. You saw his skin break and his body bleed. You saw the Lord of life die on a cross before the face of the entire world. And now tonight, you see his cold and lifeless corpse lying in the grave. Tonight, you see him in the tomb, not moving a muscle not taking a breath, not thinking a thought, and without a cell of blood coursing through his veins. You see his eyes and ears and his mouth all closed in death. Last night, Christ died, and tomorrow, he resurrects. Tonight, his body is lifeless in the grave. And as the unbelieving world rejoices in their supposed victory over Christ, And as the disciples mourn in profound grief and guilt over what happened, and as the devil basks in the euphoria of seeing Jesus die, everyone seems to have forgotten the words of Christ when he said this. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. So this is why we're here tonight. Because we believe what Jesus said. We want to remember what he said. We want to never forget what he said. We gather here tonight not to mourn the death of Christ, but to praise him because he keeps his word and his word is true. He said that he would lay down his life and that was true. And he said he would take it up again. And this is true. This is what Christ has come to do. Lay it down and take it back up once more. And this is what this night is about. Remembering that the cross isn't something that happened to Jesus. Jesus is what happened to the cross. The tomb and the grave isn't something that happened to him. It's what the, 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 it, Christ is what happened to death and the grave and the tomb. No one put him on that cross. He made himself be there. No one took the blood from his veins. He poured it out. The cross was his doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. The cross was his work where Christ, the author of life, lays down his life in death. And tonight we remember that he picked it back up again. So while his body is still cold and lifeless in the grave, while he's lifeless and dead, he chose to give himself life again. 
And while his lungs were still collapsed from asphyxiating on the cross, he chose to take his first breath again in his own grave. He chose to make his pierced and empty heart start beating again, pumping blood through his veins. He chose to live again with his authority given to him from the Father. He chose to take back his life again, to pry it out of the devil's broken jaw. And in the barren and lifeless tomb, the place where no life can come, he chose to become the firstborn from the dead. He vivified himself and he exercised his power to take back life. And yet, before he stepped out of that closed and sealed tomb, he chose to do something else first. Between his first breath in his body and his vivification from death and his appearance to the disciples, his resurrection from the dead, during that time he descended into hell. But he didn't descend into hell to suffer. His suffering was over. He already suffered hell and damnation on the cross. He already felt the burning fire of God's wrath on Calvary when the Father turned his face away from him and forsook him instead of you. So Christ didn't go to hell in humiliation. He went in exaltation. He descended into hell not only in his divine nature and his, not only in his soul. He descended into hell with both his body and his soul. 1 Peter 3 says, it says this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, in which he went down and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. So Jesus descended into hell, into that eternal prison, in both body and soul, and the gates of hell could not prevail against him. As he burst into the most profound depths of hell, he saw the souls, the spirits of those who during their life on earth were disobedient to God, who were unbelieving of his salvation, those who rejected the word of God that was preached to them, as it was in the days of Noah. And when Christ appeared to them, he went to do something to proclaim something, his victory. But this isn't like the sermon he preached to you yesterday from his cross. It's not a sermon of peace and forgiveness. He preached a sermon of judgment. He preached a sermon only of the law and none of the gospel. They already heard the gospel while they were on earth, while they had life. But they chose their sin instead of their Savior. Their, their supposed good works they chose instead of God's forgiveness. And their unbelief they clung to instead of God's holy gospel. So Christ is going to preach to them the sermon that they preached to themselves their entire life. A sermon of the law, a sermon that excluded his love, his forgiveness, and his salvation. When God sent prophet after prophet to them, preaching the love and the peace and the joy of God's promise of salvation, those who were in hell mocked it while they had life. They scoffed at his word. They blasphemed God and his salvation. And that's why they are there. 
So now Christ won't force upon them the gospel they hated so much. He won't give them the salvation they despised. He will give them what they wanted their entire life, their selves, their own sin and their guilt. And this is the wrath of God poured out in hell. Since they had despised the loving kindness of God, since they rejected his prophets, since they ridiculed his own children, since they put to death those who lovingly trusted God, he went down to them in in person and preached a sermon that exposed all of their false belief and wicked sins. Christ manifested himself to them. He showed himself to be the one whom they rejected. He showed himself to be the victor over death and over hell. When Christ went down to hell, he vindicated all of his people. He vindicated those who suffered on earth who trust in him. Those who didn't have good things in this life, but yet had the good word of his gospel. He went and vindicated all of his martyrs and prophets and all of his pastors and every Christian And you, he went to press his heel down with all of his weight on the entirety of hell. He went into the fire of hell without a hair in his body being burned. And he showed himself alive to those souls. He showed them the wounds in his hands and his feet. He showed them where the devil struck him. And now he showed them where he crushed the devil's head. He went to convince them of their just judgment and their eternal condemnation. And as Christ proclaimed his victory over hell and death and the grave, he also proclaimed that through his victory, you, his dear children, have the same victory he has. He proclaimed that his dear children, though they suffered and they sorrowed in this life, yet they are more than conquerors through Christ who loves them. As Christ preached this truth, the truth that hell despised, he proclaimed that hell cannot conquer you, that it cannot have you, that it will never see your face. As he proclaimed his victory over the devil, he crushed the prison in hell that had your name on it. As he proclaimed his triumph, he broke the shackles that were supposed to keep you there forever. As he proclaimed his success, he ripped the picture of your face off of its walls. When Christ went to hell, he took all the sin that you committed, all the sin you commit now, all the sin that you will ever commit, he threw it into the deepest depths of hell, never to be seen again. He took all of your disobedience, your lust, your adultery, your unfaithfulness, your idolatry, your apathy. He separated it from you as far as the east is from the west, as as far apart as heaven is from hell. He balled it up and drowned it in the lake of fire where it belongs. And there, he throws all of your sin that he forgave. And he went there and he made a place. He made a place not for you, but for all of your illness, and all of your sickness, and all of your disease, and every one of your tears, and all of your sorrow. He carved out a place in hell to put all of the sin and guilt and grief that have hurt you in this life. The things that give you pain, 
the things that take away the joy that he wants to give you. And on that last day, Christ will throw all of these things back into hell from whence they came. And he will bring you into his kingdom. He'll bring you to the place where he ascended. And he'll bring you to the mansion that he did indeed prepare for you. He will resurrect your cold and lifeless body from the grave. The grave that no longer has any power over you because it had no power over Christ. When Christ descended into hell, he went to proclaim his triumph over the grave. And in proclaiming his triumph over the grave, he proclaimed your triumph over it too. So don't weep and don't mourn and don't despair. Break your fast. Trust in Christ that Christ destroyed your death by enduring it. Come and receive the crown that Christ has won for you. Come and receive the blood that he poured out for you. Come to the table where Christ has prepared all things for you. Come and ask what happened to death's sting. Come and ask what happened to hell's victory. Come and see how much your Lord gives you here tonight. Dear saints, rejoice because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.